Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast. And tonight we have with us Adam Miller. Michael Van Team and John Cedar from Experience Wild, along with myself, James Noteboom. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, whatever it's, what is it now, July 27th. So we're getting towards, you know, the end of the summer. We start looking at putting our trail cameras out, putting out some minerals, whatever. You know, if you guys do food plots, I'm sure hopefully you've put them in already, but. I don't do that because we lease and uh, things of that nature. So, guys, what are you doing for your preseason planning? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I've i got the luxury of uh, belonging to a, a hunt club where, um, you know, they put in uh, they put in food plots uh, in the fall um, up at our club. But in the spring, we do a, a spring work weekend. And um, usually in the spring, I, I'll run – probably about a half dozen trail cameras and I'll get about a half dozen mineral sites going, um, you know, in April. And, uh, you know, that way it's, you know, pretty much, uh, clear cut and dry for me as far as what, what, what to expect. And, and I don't like checking those cameras all that often. Uh, I try to keep my scent out of there as much as possible, um, throughout the year. So I actually won't probably pull those cards again until September. And then, you know, then I'll start looking into, uh, you know, putting out some more mineral at that time and, you know, checking the plots and see how everything's going from there. Pretty much all I do. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I'm more of a, a gear guy. So I'm just trying to make sure that all of my, my stuff is ready. My shooting's on. I've been doing, doing a lot of shooting. Um, I've got a small private piece of property just down the road for me that I'm putting in a little um, kill plot. Uh, so I'm going to do that. I think the second week, in August and just kind of hope that it's, it's just starting to pop and, and, and the deer are going to find it by, you know, October, mid October. Um, I'll put a camera on that. But other than that, I mean, I hunt eight hours away from here and then I hunt a lot of state land. So I've been looking at, um, the, the Onyx maps and stuff like that and trying to set up where I, where I think I want to be from, from years past, you know, where I've seen deer and, and try to, try to mark those spots out um, and then 
also looking for new spots on the same properties that are maybe a little bit less accessible or, or trying to find things like that. But using the maps and, and just making sure that I've got all the stuff that I need for, you know, to get in and out easy. Yeah, Mike, what do you do? Um, I usually just uh, run trail cameras and just kind of put out some uh, mineral blocks, minerals. Um, but this year, um, one of my friends uh, has a farm that he's hunting on, so we've kind of helped uh, cultivate that and put down some clover and uh, some other things and see how that's going to work out this year. It's new for both of us this year on that hunting property, but for the most part, it's just running trail cameras and mineral blocks and scouting new land during the summer during the off season yeah i do the pretty much the same thing especially on the lease you know it's just i just just went out last weekend and put out five cameras and a bunch of different minerals just to try them you know i tried the big and j stuff at my parents house which is about 15 minutes away from there and it ended up being more of a deer repellent than an attractant so i'm trying it here because you never know i mean it's a whole different area it's surrounded by a big uh farm you know i don't even know how many mm-hmm. acres they farm and you know nobody really bow hunts it so the deer stay kind of big in there i just don't know where they go when i go out hunting but <laughs> yeah um you know we got aaron cloyd he does uh tech tips he just did a video on what you know some food plot stuff that guy's really knowledgeable too and I think Dave will start probably putting those on the podcast so people can listen to them that way too. You know, there's always yeah, knowledgeable no. people, but you know, until you have property, like I, I watched a episode of Hunt Masters, right? And they went on the, and they went on his property, and hinged cut like half his woods. <laughs> you know, oh you know they bring like the Tony LaPratt guy in. I don't think that was, I don't think he was on that show, but it's kind of along the lines, the same lines. And I mean, you, he got the biggest, you know, the deer stay in there. You know, yeah. it, it looks crazy. Like you're going through your woods and chopping down half your woods. And then, but I guess it works, man. There's a whole bunch of different yeah. things you can do now. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's a pretty important thing. I was actually talking to one of my buddies about that uh, the other day. I, I've got a 40 acre parcel that I hunt that's like 15 minutes from my house. You know where it's at, Jamie. We've yeah. done photo shoots there. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of like uh, a lot of undergrowth, you know, I mean, when I, I guess I wouldn't even call it undergrowth. I mean, some of them are mature trees too, but you know, we were actually talking about doing some of that hinge cutting, uh, you know, just to try to keep the deer maybe a little bit more on their property, create some more habitat for them, you know, give them some good bedding areas and birthing areas like in the spring. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I remember, uh, I think it was Dave that was telling me that, that Dave Chevalier just had somebody come out to his yeah, property. It was the Pratt. Yeah. Okay. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they just, you know, he's really set up his property for, mm-hmm. for the deer, you know, so he doesn't even really need to put in anything crazy food plot wise. He's no. just got a natural, you know, area for these deer just to bed and, you know, stick around and feel comfortable, which I think is pretty impressive. But, um, you know, I think Adam hit it on the head too, you know, with uh, the, 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 the preseason planning, uh, as far as like, you know, making sure your gear's good. I mean, and that's something I'm constantly going through too. I mean, I'm I'm constantly making sure that, you know, my range finders are good to go. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm getting comfortable with those, and you know, this is like my third year with a different bow. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> trying to figure all that out. And um, 
you know, getting all that stuff dialed in and set up and, you know, making sure I got everything that I had from last year. Cause I'm, I'm notorious, you know, especially, you know, I pretty much hunt, you know, all through October, all through November, all through December. And I'm looking forward to hunting all the way through January. Now, I don't know if you heard, but they opened up in uh, Oakland, Macomb and Wayne County. Uh, they extended uh, deer season in January for a month uh, for does on private land. Hmm. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting out there and doing some of that. I know if you need any help late, with that. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely do that. Late, late season stuff is going to be fun. That's actually, I enjoy that probably, you know, more than anything, sitting up in that tree freezing you know and 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 uh you know having my bow and all that stuff with me but you know i think it's important to go through your gear and make sure it's all good you know like your binos and just you know everything you know just make sure everything's good so yeah on yeah, that uh that hinge cutting topic and all that i've been looking into that and watching some videos and i'd be real interested to 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 whether you've got a guy that's doing that that dave chevalier that had him come to his property if, if he's got something out there where he's talking about it because our property in the up is 240 acres and so last year we did um we had it logged off and so everything changed last year we went up there to to look at it in august or we went up there in may and they they had cut it the previous august and we were getting a little bit of growth but we went up there and hunted for a week right at the beginning of the rut and walking in there in the dark, the overgrowth and everything, you know, the property's changed a hundred percent. And so I think for us right now is the time where we need to start making that sort of thing. But, you know, I think to have that guy come out is like two grand, oh, yeah, you know, it's not cheap, and so it's like, but... yeah. So it's, is it, is it going to be, you know, that mind blowing? I mean, like I said, 240 acres is a big piece of property. There's deer there. But you know, what is he? What is he? What is he doing? Is he just yeah, coming to look and say, "Okay, this is what you need to do"? I mean, I guess you have to think about the area you're in. If there's never any big deer, would I probably do it? No. But if you know there's big ones in there and you can draw them out, the problem is like at my parents' house, we got we have the, a sanctuary, a swamp that we don't go in, but the neighbor has pine trees and they choose the pine trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know so i wish we would have put in the pine trees but they put in the pine trees and they won but the other thing is the up man just between the wolves and the bad winters and mm -hmm. you know, there's less and less deer up there now and the winter kills you know the the wolves is one thing but the the winter and the way that the deer are wintering is is changed you know from the time when i started going up there i guess 20 years ago now to, to where they're at, it's just night and day, the difference in just the deer, the way that they move, the way, the way as it gets colder, as it gets further. Maybe it's predation, maybe it's the winter, maybe it's just the, the herd is, is changed. But, uh, yeah, it's not, the herd is not healthy up there for sure. Yeah, it's too bad. I'd love to go up there and have a hunting camp. And, and you know you still could do it you know if you got a deer it'd be a plus it'd be more about hanging out but well last year they had opportunities my sister missed one and my brother missed one both they never killed a deer with their bow so but uh, they were probably you know they were 100 110 inch deer you know and so that's that's a good deer you oh, know yeah. in michigan Definitely. and that's it was good to have two in one trip you know and we had both of them on camera so we knew you know what they were you know where we could say that they did it look like this did it look like that um so they're there 
I think it's helping. This year we've got a, a local farmers picking off all the small plots of field that he can do for beans or whatever. I guess he put in um, corn up there, and this is the first year that that's going to happen. We've got 15-acre field, so it's going to be all corn, so that'll help also. For sure. So what else did we want to talk about? Adam really wanted to talk about broadheads, so along with your preseason planning and shooting all your equipment, what what broadheads are you guys shooting this year? Well, I, I have the Rage hypodermic, and uh, I do like the Rage products. Um, and I think it just goes to, like, confidence. I know I heard you guys when you, when you did the last one, you talked about being confident in your equipment. Yeah. Well, I I married into a family of, like, rabid bow hunters so for me when i first came up 12 13 14 years old it was you know whatever was cheap whatever was in the box store and uh and now they change broadheads every single year they whatever's new whatever's being hyped and so um I, i the first year we went to ohio they killed a couple of smaller bucks for ohio you know 120s or whatever and the one guy shot this 125 inch 11 point like in the paunch like far back terrible shot shooting rage 2.3s you know the rage extremes and i thought oh my god this broadhead is the best thing the bees knees this is going to be it you know so i i shot him the next year and every deer i shot with him it just ruined the feral i mean the feral was bent you know, I mean, basically the head was destroyed. Yeah. You know, you could try and true it up, but, you know, it's not 100%, you know, when you spin test them and then replace the blades. And then I didn't even take into account with that the um, kinetic energy piece of it. So these guys are shooting. He was shooting the Bowtech Boss or, or something like that at like 73 pounds, yeah. you know, just shooting terrible you know tons of kinetic energy i'm shooting 60 pounds i shot a doe at uh like 19 yards and the broadhead poked through but it didn't go all the way through but she died in like 10 steps i thought oh my gosh these broadheads are great and then i we went back to ohio that year and i shot the big buck the biggest buck i've ever seen i think um you know, 150 inch 10 point, didn't get a pass through, found him the next day, just the most grueling, gut wrenching thing because I didn't get a pass through, but I didn't think about it, you know, when I shot that doe about the kinetic energy piece. You know, I wasn't shooting enough energy for that big of a cut, for that extreme of a, a broadhead, you know. So that when I, when I was saying about talking about broadheads, it's just the things that you don't think about. You know, you, you you see somebody else using them or you see them on a hunting show or something like that. But without putting all the calculations into, like I said before, your equipment, you know. Yeah. And then getting these broadheads handed down to me and things like that. So I got, I shot a, a Schwacker um, for a year because they got, they went from those to, yeah, our guys to love, something our else. Guys, some of our guys love those things. Well, you know how they have those little two i don't know tits that come off the side you know whatever make them open that do that initial cut um i missed a buck 
the same year I shot the one in Ohio because one of those caught a branch and I watched my lighted knock and arrow explode and just fly right over this deer's back. And that, that was like, I'll never shoot a, a schwacker again. And, uh, I heard you guys talking about the nap kill zones and how they work on that cam system, much like the rage. But one of our guys shot one of those cause he was too cheap. He didn't want to buy the rage and these were $5 cheaper, $2 cheaper or something. And, uh, shoots a doe at, at 10 yards, doesn't get a pass through. We tracked it for 200 yards before we found it. No, no blood trail whatsoever. So I think like you guys were talking about, it's all about like having confidence in your equipment. So once you, you know, I mean, back in when I started and I wouldn't hesitate to shoot one today, it's just not, not cool, not sexy, but the 125 grain three blade thunderheads are like. I mean, I feel like you could shoot anything with those, but you know, yeah. it's always cool to try something new, also. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like kinetic energy played a big part for me in my decision for what I shoot now. Um, you know, like Nopen when we went on our bear hunt. I mean, I did a lot of studying on, you know, kinetic energy and, um, like I had, I can't even, I can't even tell you what the arrow of my weight was. Oh, the weight of my arrow was for that for that hunt in particular, but because uh, I'm in the same boat, like I don't I don't shoot a lot of poundage. Like the older I mm. the older I've gotten, like I've decided like I'm not I want to be comfortable, right? And I want to shooting like four, hey, 45 now, right? No, no, I'm still not I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure when I'm in my 60s, I'll just shoot 45 pounds. But in a 26 uh, you know, inch draw, it makes for a yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is I've got a short draw, so my draw is only 27 inches, and I'm shooting 60 pounds. So I need something that's going to absolutely just hit these deer and just just hit them hard. And ever since I went, you know, with a with a heavier grain arrow, um, you know, I shoot a heavier broadhead. And I'm shooting a fixed blade now, um, whereas before I was shooting a lot of mechanicals. I've been in that boat with the Rage. I've never had a pass-through with a Rage, ever. No. Um, I used it and, once, wow. rubber band and, broke, and, and I never used it again. You know, and the other thing, too, with, with mechanicals, the thing that I don't like about mechanicals in particular is, you know, you you get you get hung up in that bone. So let's just say your shot's off, like, you know, an inch, and you're in that front shoulder. You know, you're going to get some penetration, but as soon as that blade starts to open, um, you know, especially if you're not pulling back a ton of pounds and you don't have a lot of kinetic energy behind your arrow, you know, you're, you're getting caught in that shoulder and you know, that deer's gone. No, it um, doesn't get caught in shoulders. Ramcat. They don't. And I was just going to say that. <laughs> so like I had, I want to say it was three years ago. It was the first year I started shooting a Ramcat. Um, and I had a deer quartering away from me at 54 yards and it was like, the day before opening day of gun and it was a doe you know what i mean but i'm like you know what i'm comfortable with this bow i've been shooting 60 70 yards all day long i'm like i'm gonna take this shot and i ended up taking the shot and i ended up getting a complete pass through and i watched that deer go about 10 15 yards and just just expire um but the proof was in the pudding for me on that bear hunt yeah. you know what i mean we we, we all shot the ramcats on these bears and i mean you know these are big bodied animals lots of muscle lots of fat and just completely getting a straight pass through and then having that arrow sticking in the ground you know eight inches and it's just like holy crap like these things are no joke i mean yours didn't um, go that far did it mine went like 10 no, yards 
Mine went, yeah, I think mine ran, mine definitely ran hard, but it went about 20, 25 yards, and that was it, man. It was it was lights out. Yeah. Um, and I've never, ever not shot a deer with one of these things and not been able to see where they go down, yeah. ever. That's just an amazing broadhead. I mean, and that's, you know, it kind of turned me back onto the whole fixed blade thing was that was the Ramcat. Um you know, but like I said, I mean, I've been there. I've shot, I've shot muzzies. I've shot the schwackers. I've shot, you know, the rage. And for me, it's, it's, uh, I guess more of a personal preference. I like to see that pass through, um, you know, and I like, uh, you know, something that's going to tear through bone and not get hung up in it, you know? Faux show. Faux Well, I think, I think a big, a big portion of it too is that, you know, you can, you can change your your bow. You can change your sight. You can use a different tree stand, um, but it with something so critical as the the broadhead. You know, it, it, being an ethical hunter, you know, and thinking about the animal, and you know, want you want the cleanest, you know, uh, most painless kill or, or whatever, however you want to say it, but. If if you if you're not confident in the broadhead or you don't know, I mean that I think that's kind of just ignorant going out there and saying, well, we're gonna try these because because of this without without thinking about it. So when you find something that works and you're extremely confident and you say, well, I know that this is gonna gonna do it. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like going out, you know, with a, a 4.54 handgun or a 22. It's it's the it's the age-old thing, mm-hmm. you know. It'll, it might work. It, it probably will work, but this one I know, with a, without a doubt, is is gonna, you know, get the job done. And so it's it's hard to pry away from from that. I think, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm watching Death Wish Four on the TV <laughs> without the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson's about to take this dude out. So, <laughs> now I've had uh, I've had a lot of good different broadheads. I mean, there was some mm-hmm. some guy down the street sold me in some weird you know shop, and I've never heard of before. And I shot a deer with it. It looked like a saw movie. It was just sprayed all over every tree. So it's not all about big names. And that's one thing I learned, you know, when I first came on here. It, Bowhunter Planet it was that you know of course I was oh I gotta get a switchback I'm you know Matthews is the bomb I gotta have a Matthews you know and anything else is just ridiculous <laughs> you know <clears throat> and then you start you realize that almost every single one of these bows kills deer almost exactly the same you gotta pick your preference do you want speed do you want com- you want to be comfortable do you want you know what I mean it's, it's all about your personal preference, you know. I, you, know, you can't I, shoot it, something because absolutely. Uncle Ted shoots it, or you know. <clears throat> so this guy said it was cool. You know, maybe you want to go find a shop and try some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know, I've I've that's another thing. Like with the poundage, you know, everybody's got to be you know a hard ass and shoot seventy five, eighty pounds. I'm like, do you hunt white tails? in michigan from 30 yards what are you doing because i'm watching you practice and you're about to have a stroke every time you pull your bow back <laughs> you know yep. 
Now, I've been shooting 70, and I, you know, we never twisted it down, so it was probably, you know, 70, 72. I don't need that anymore. I went down to 60. You know how much more fun it is to shoot now? Uh-huh. Comfortable. Well, like what John was talking right. about in in January, trying to pull that bow back after you're sitting there for oh, two yeah, hours. Yeah, forget yeah. about it. Good luck. Yeah. Forget no about way. It. Or trying to hold it back. <laughs> yeah. I had a, you know, some... Real. That's the thing. We were. I was using this these fast bows, and it didn't have a, like a strong back wall, and it literally gave me target panic. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I didn't think yeah. I could fix it. I'm like, because it, it, you know, practicing it took off on me a couple times and flew arrows. You know, thank God I was in the country, so I couldn't shoot that bow in my backyard. You know, and I I was just bringing it up and then getting close to the target, pulling the trigger because I thought I was gonna take oh. off. And then I switched yep. to this Bowtech. Wow. And, well, I switched to Obsession, and it fixed it. And this Bowtech this year, I went down to 60 pounds. <laughs> the great back wall. And then you can just hold, you know, it totally just fixed itself because of the equipment. It wasn't me. It was the equipment. Mm-hmm. The yep. equipment gave me a complex. <laughs> yeah. I, no doubt. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, mean, I don't want to kill somebody. I better let this, you know, shot off. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's for me, it's all about being comfortable now. I mean, because I... I like the I like to sit in those you know those cold mornings and I like to sit out there you know all day and you know enjoy it and you know obviously I mean even if it's you know a 30 40 degree day I mean the longer you sit there the tighter your muscles get and you know it it's you know for me I like to shoot period so you know if I'm pulling back 70 pounds I'm not getting in as much as I could if I'm pulling back 60 because I'm a lot more relaxed it's way more comfortable to me I don't have to struggle and you know and and i can have fun you know the thing that i'm going to struggle with this year is shooting that that recurve that i got um that's going to be uh i don't think i'll be hunting with that late season this year because there's just no way (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know i'm I'm hoping to get one on the ground early this year you know if i can get one with that recurve i'd be real happy but so i want to get one down early too so i can take it in and make it all cheesy weenies from the country smokehouse yeah, <laughs> but no, I got that. The yeah, I know we should. <laughs> I'd send him an email. Hey, Country Smokehouse, if you're listening, yeah, let's do something. But you know, some like, wings. <laughs> yeah, the the carbon yeah. icon, man, that this bow is gonna be awesome for the winter because it doesn't keep it, it, the cold doesn't affect it. You know, it's not like yeah. a metal uh, handle, so you're gonna get all you know freeze your hand off. Plus, it's light, so. Isn't that what Kevin? Is that what Kevin's shooting this year? The carbon icon? No. He's What's he shooting? He's shooting one of the carbon ones. Carbon deploy. Yeah, the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. That looks yeah, nice that's, too. That's a smooth ball, man. He let me yeah. shoot it. I mean, he's you know he's shooting like thirty-five pounds, but it was really, really smooth. Yeah. Um, but that thing, I mean, it was that had a real nice draw cycle on it. So I can only imagine what that one that you're shooting is that carbon icon. I mean, I can only imagine. I like it. Nice back wall, the whole nine years. You can hold that thing back all day long. Well, well, I think it was funny is that uh, when we interviewed Jim Shockey, you know, I asked, I knew what Bowie shot, but I asked him what Bowie shot, Bowie shot, and then he still shot the boss. And, yeah, I, and I, like, I really wanted to say, I'm like, you need to try that rain out, like, you know, because he's like, oh, I got to stick with the one, you know, the one I love, and. And he just posted a picture. Is... He posted a picture today that he's like, "I'm in love with the new rain" or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was sick. Is what two, two or three years old now? Yeah. yeah. But you know him. That's that's yeah. why I love him. He don't care. He's you know he's he, use what he, works for he him. He knows what works. 
Yeah, yeah he knows what works, and that's and all be, he cares about. He be quite about honest, ways. I'd like to use a bow for two, three years just so I'm very comfortable with it, you know, and I get yeah. used a lot. But I'm not going to sit here and complain that I have to switch bows every year. Yeah, that's part of that. <laughs> if I was to be <laughs> buying problem, them man. still, I would buy one every two, three years, probably three years. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good it is a good problem to have. I mean, to be honest with you, and to be honest with you, I mean, Jamie, I mean, you know, I think it, it actually makes us better shooters, yeah. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I've shot a lot, you know, since I've been a part of, you know, Bowhunter Planet. I mean, when I first started, I think I, I bought like seven or eight bows off of Dave, you know, in the course of a year just because I wanted to try them all yeah. out and see what they were all about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can say honestly say that, you know, there's there's a lot of great bows out there. And, you know, I mean, you got your big name bows, then you got your, you know, your bows that don't have the biggest names in the world. They're up and comers or, you know, when when I first started getting into with, with BHP, some of them were newer companies. Yeah. And, you know, just to see where they've come, you know, in those years since then. And, you know, just to, to see the quality of, you know, some of the bows that people might not even think that much about, you know, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, but that, well, that's, well, my well, one, that's my one thing to anybody that listens to this is you need to go out and you need to go to, to the pro shops and shoot the bows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, Absolutely. you know, when I first, what happened when I went and bought my first bow, I walked into Gander Mountain. I'm like, this looks the coolest for $300. And then yeah. I went and bought it. <laughs> when in reality that's absolutely what you do not want to do but the problem is and somebody mentioned it the other day especially for ladies is that some of these bow you know like the uh the pro shops if you go in there it's it, it can be intimidating yeah you know so if they mm-hmm. you know you don't want to ask a question because you don't want to look like a dummy in front of these guys or you know you ask a dumb question and they treat you like you're dumb you know it's just like you need to make people feel more comfortable to come in your store. You know, I've been in a lot that I was just like, you know what? If I was buying a bowl, I would not buy it here. Yeah. You know, make I think people feel comfortable. It's crazy. I think that is a that is a big problem. But I mean, you know, like like for me, like in the beginning when I bought my first Matthews, I was like, oh, I'll never buy another bow other than a Matthews. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, you know, I know it. I love this bow. And then I bought another one two years later, and I'm like, you know what? This is the best bow ever. And I said it for like three, I don't know, it was probably, you know, three different times that I said that. And then, you know, I started shooting stuff, you know, through Bowhunter Planet, and I was just like, holy crap, there's other stuff out here that's amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome, man. And like you said, I mean, you unless you go to a pro shop and you shoot, you know, a bunch of different bows, which I didn't do when I bought my first oh, Matthews. No. I mean, the... The pro shop that I went to had Hoy, they had, you know, they had Matthews, they had Bowtech. I mean, they had all the big heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I didn't. I just shot the one, and I'm like, yep, that's the one I want right there. Sold. <laughs> you know, $1,600 later, I walked out of there with what I thought was the best bow no. ever. I mean, it should be some customer service, and I'm sure there's some shops that do that. But seriously, it yeah. should be like buying a shoe. Like, what are you looking for? You know, how does this one feel? You know, rather than, oh, so what you looking at? Oh, this one's 1500 It's the fastest. I know you want this yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Come on, yep. man. It is crazy. That's a good idea. Maybe we should maybe we should start a, start a shart. <laughs> maybe we should start a shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're not going to shart in the shop. We're going to start please a shop. That, you know, it's yeah. kind of like John we're, we're actually about, nice and informative. About the bows, you know. I've been just seeing all this stuff, and it's like, 
like I said, I'm like a gear guy, but I'm really comfortable with my setup right now. So it's like, I don't want to mess up what I'm doing, you know, here. So I've been thinking about getting another bow just to try out these different sites and these different, uh, rests and, and things like that. And so the bow that you were just talking about that you said, I think Kevin has, I was looking at the carbon icons, like saying, man, if I could just find one of those. And then I saw the, the, the diamond, yeah, and I, I was looking pretty hard at that one, mm-hmm. um, just because diamond you guys have talked nice. so much about the the carbon icon, and and I, I know that you know I I think uh, Outdoor Life or, or Field and Stream or something put it as like one of their top not flagship bows. Yeah, Range just uh, won so, this year too. I knew it would. They just posted. But it's it. like it's like I almost need a second bow just to try out the other stuff while keeping my setup as it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that, you know, well, we talked about it briefly, but I think, you know, the accessories play a big part in, um, you know, in your setup too, you know, so your your rest, your your sight, you know, stabilizers if you use them, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's 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 key and, and crucial to your to your gear. I mean, you can have a $1,000 bow and, you know, put a $30 sight on there, but, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to, is it going to perform like some of those, you know, higher end sites. I mean, you know, like I, I've shot the, the React Pro for the last three years from Trophy Ridge, and I absolutely love that site. Yeah. You know, I sight in the 20 yard pin, and everything else after that, I go down to 30. And once I get that, you know, that 30 dialed in, it's dialed in to 40, 50, and 60 yards. I mean, it, you know, it spreads it out evenly, and it, it just, it's one of those, like, they call it like smart technology, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's and it's amazing. It's an amazing sight. I mean, I, I love that thing. You know, before that, I was shooting a single pin, which I, I struggled with at first. I was shooting an optimizer, and I I started to get the hang of it after that. The only thing I didn't like about it was having to adjust it constantly. You know, yeah, to yard. Sometimes it. you forget to switch it yeah. back. <laughs> that happens, man. Yeah, I mean, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. You know, having missed a deer at you know, yeah. 20 yards when I had my, <laughs> my 40. 40 yard, my 40 <laughs> yard on. And, uh, you know, I mean, it happens. Right. But yeah. I, I like that, you know, I went back to a multi-pin. Yeah. I like the simplicity of the react pro site. Um, you well, know, it's, it's I like, hard to uh, self film and use a single <clears throat> pin and then range it and move all around. You yeah. Know, it's just, only, it's pretty much impossible. So yeah, I went, I went back to, to a five pin actually, <clears throat> but then, uh, yeah. What was I gonna say? Went back to five pin. Oh, but it, that single pin worked perfect on that turkey. You know, it yeah. was like I saw he was about arranging him at forty five, moved it to forty five, and hit the luckiest well, at, shot in my entire life. I'm intrigued by the the hybrids. So I'm shooting the single pin, and I have for a few years, and I've I've missed deer with it because I didn't adjust it. I mean, I think everybody that shoots a single pin that doesn't shoot, you know, out mule deer hunting or something like that where they range them at 65 yards and dial it up and they got time um probably has done that at one point or another but i mean after listening to the podcast a week or so ago uh, when you guys were talking about the black gold sites and my brother just bought one of the iqs where it's you know two or three fixed pins and then the bottom pin floats where you can change it you know having 20 30 40 and then anything beyond that dialing it up you know, makes a lot of sense, but I don't have any experience with those. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and they keep coming out with more. So. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever yeah. run out of stuff to play with. Yeah, we're kind of spoiled in that sense nowadays <laughs> with how much stuff they're just coming out with and continuing to develop over the years. It's just been amazing. Remember when my bow I started shooting in my dad's, man, it had just like one little pin hanging off the side <laughs> and a little <laughs> a little nub for the arrow because there was really no rest either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another big one too is, you know, rest. You know, I mean... It, you know they have so many options now i mean like like drop away stuff i mean like the qads and yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know it's 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 insane man you know the options that you have to you know to really be successful you know the rip cords and you know things of that nature i mean it's Don't forget about whisker you know, biscuits yeah whisker biscuits dude i mean to be honest with you i always carry one that's my backup just in case yeah. something happens to my drop away they're, I in, they're infallible in pretty much you know, might yeah, lose I mean, a couple feet per second, but you can whip that bow around and. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, for me, it's like you know, I always carry a backup of pretty much everything. You know, so I have a like a backup rest. I have a backup, you know, release in my bag. I yeah. have a backup sight. You know, I mean, because you never know. I mean, and you know, if I'm going somewhere, you know, for a week, and it's you know three, four, five. I mean, when we're up bear hunting, it's ten hours away, yeah. and your sight almost falls off your bow when you shoot at a bear. <laughs> You know, you need to have. I'm sure that was user have, error, right? Yeah, you need to have like uh, you know a backup plan or or something, you know, or just shoot it instinctually like I did. But uh, yeah, I wasn't leaving there without a bear, man. You know that. You almost left there without the top of your finger. Yeah, well, that'll happen. That's how sharp Ramcats are. On the back of the blade yeah. is the same cutting edge as the front of the blade. The cedar cut half his finger off in the middle of the woods. We had barely any uh, first aid tape. I think I had some ratty old, you know, like medical tape somehow. You know, I, and you know how I did that is because I had I had the ramcat ramcats on my arrows in my bow case. So when I pulled it. the yeah. when I pulled the arrow out, it got hung up on another one. And I didn't see it, and I went to grab just to tighten it, make sure that the tip was tightened, and there was another one there, and it just literally just sliced through my finger like butter. Mm. Yep. What did you put? We put super glue or something on it, didn't we? Or... Yeah, I super glued it. Yep. <laughs> Probably not the smartest thing I've ever done, but it, it didn't get infected, so I was okay. <laughs> so, still well, got the scar to prove it. Yeah. All right, boys. I think we had a good little podcast here. We almost went on 40 minutes. So I think we had a good well, thank, discussion. So I definitely need to get... Thanks for having us on. Well, thank you, John. Yep. It was, well, anytime. It was, it, was, it was my pleasure. Pleasure's all on this. The pleasure's all on this side of the microphone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in this episode of the Bullhunter Planet Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. 
Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the 8-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today.